Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. I am really honored to be talking to you, and I want you to know that you inspire me a great deal. Aww, that's so sweet. And when she got in touch with me the other day, she was screaming. She was so happy. And I said, oh, my God, I started telling her things about you because I also have been following you. And she goes, I'm already in love with him. I know everything about him. <laughs> Thank you. Thank the, you know, I, I, I just finished up. Do you guys do anything with Tony Robbins? No. Do you know who Tony Robbins is? The, uh, so, uh, Perry, if you don't know who he is, you should, you know, watch his Netflix documentary, I Am Not Your Guru. And he is... The, the term a lot of people use is motivational speaker, but that's not really what he is. He's more of a life coach and his events attract 20,000 people at a time. And now because of Corona, he's been doing them virtually and still attracting 20,000 people all virtually. And he's all about changing your life story and not letting things hold you back and really, you know, defining who you are despite your circumstances and looking at life as happening for you, not to you. And I think you, you know, he's a big part of my life and he's inspired me a great deal. And I think you exemplify that more than anybody I've heard of. So um, I was just thrilled that you, that you thought of me. That's so sweet. Um, we're, we're talking about stepping out of line. We were extremely inspired and we adore Alex Bornstein who plays of course in Mrs. Maisel Susie with the toilet plunger walking around. And when she accepted her Emmy, she made a speech, I don't know if you happened to see it, about how her grandmother, who was in the Holocaust, was standing online and the guards were guarding them with guns and they were going to kill the people in the line. And her grandmother said to the guard, what happens if I step out of line? What will you do? And he said, I won't do anything, but I can't say that somebody else will. And the grandmother stepped out of line. And the whole premise of Alex Bornstein's speech was step out of line, ladies and see what can happen, change, change the narrative, step out of line. And Perry was extremely inspired by that. And we know Perry steps out of line in what she does in, in, in her fundraising for High Lifeline and her doing marathons and not um, staying in her own little bubble of, I have muscular dystrophy, I can't do this, this and this, and rather she's using her brain what she can do. So we're interviewing people saying, and I'm asking you, Baruch, who we adore, as you know. Thank um, you. Baruch, I adore you too. And I, I love reading about your, I love your whole bio. I love reading about you. And you're such an interesting person because you, you I think, do things that people wouldn't expect from somebody named Baruch Jemko. <laughs> you're like totally the opposite of what, you know, you would think. So how did you in your life step out of line, if you could think of anything, and where has it gotten you? Was it a good thing you did that? Or do you wish you hadn't done that? I have stepped out of line so many times and it has turned out well every single time. And here's the thing. I mean, why stay in line? Unless you're at the supermarket or in line at TSA at the airport, why should you be in line? 
Who told you to be in line? And whoever did tell you to be in line, what made you think you have to listen to them, right? And so since I was young, I always did things my own way. From the beginning, I was interested in what I was interested in, and I was going to make my own dreams happen. And I realized that I could live an okay, mediocre life if I followed the rules and kind of just went from one step to another to another and did what I was supposed to do. But that would be mediocre. That would be boring. I'd be alive. I'd be grateful to be alive, but I wouldn't be living up here, right? There's a difference between living here and living up here. And every step of the way, I've stepped out of line. So I would say even recently, right? I spent five years on television in New York, on Fox, and I'm so grateful for that opportunity. That was an incredible experience, hugely transformative, huge part of my life. And then I was offered a new contract and I made the decision to go back to Harvard Business School to finish my MBA. In that moment, that was a decision point, right? In that moment, it would have made sense for me to take the new contract and stay on TV. I loved my job. I loved everyone I was working with. I loved my bosses. They were offering me an even bigger platform. Things were going great. They were going like this. People at the time said, what are you doing? Why would you ever leave one of the number one morning shows in the country? Why would, why would you do that? You're crazy. Why are you stepping out of line? And let me tell you, in that moment, I had to trust my gut. I had to trust my soul. I had to trust this greater vision that I had for what my life could be. And let me tell you, it was a great decision. So in that moment, right? I'll take you through that decision process for a minute because that was my most recent example of stepping out of line and was probably the one that a lot of people didn't understand. And by the way, let me add this. Don't look to other people to understand why you're stepping out of line. It really doesn't matter if they understand. It matters that you understand and that you're doing it because it is something that contributes to your vision of your success. If you think about anybody who's done anything great in this world, they've stepped out of line to make it happen, right? And so the reason I stepped out of line to go back to business school, just a little bit of background, I had done my first year at Harvard Business School. It's a two-year MBA program. I did my first year before I started on Fox. Then I went on Fox and stayed there for five years. And I never went back to business school because things were going so great. And it was always my dream to be on TV. And I realized as time went on that I always want to be on TV and I always will be on TV, but it will be part of a bigger picture that TV and my ability, which I'm so grateful for to connect with people and, and hopefully inspire them and change their lives, that I could use that as one part of the big picture, one part of the recipe in a bigger business strategy. And for me, I always loved real estate. I always loved changing the way people live in a really tangible way. So interior design, hotels, condos, rentals, changing the physical environment. And I realized that is what I wanna do. I wanna build an empire in the real estate space and use television and use media as a way to connect with the consumer, inspire them, introduce me to my product, introduce them to my product, and really use that as a communication vehicle. And that's why I went back to Harvard Business School. So I graduated in May. And since then, I've hit the ground running. 
I now have investors. I'm looking for my first multifamily building, multifamily uh, apartment building to buy in New York City. That will be step one. I'm going to renovate that, rent that out. And at the same time, I'm also appearing regularly on national TV and now working on a new YouTube show that will be coming out later on. So I'm bringing it all together and I feel like I'm living my fullest version of what I could be living, but that would not have happened had I stayed in line. Had I stayed in line, I would have done what made sense, which is to keep climbing the ladder instead of stepping out of line and creating my own ladder. What's interesting is most people have a ceiling height that once they reach, they're like, okay, I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I think it takes a very special person to realize that there is no limit to what they can do. And very few people are like that. You're, you're unique in that sense where in, you realize in order to achieve, achieve greatness, what you think is greatness for yourself and what you want for yourself, there can't be any limit. So to me, you are extremely awesome. And there are not many people like you in the world, but the people who are like you are the people who make things happen. And thank you. It's like, you know, I see Perry has that also. Yeah. I have, I have a ceiling above me. Why is Perry shaking her head? Perry, why is Perry? No, Perry has that, period. That's not a question. Right. Perry, Perry has that ability. I like the ceiling on top of my head, and I'm, I'm good just, just getting her to her, you know, where she needs to be and where she wants to be. Uh, it's funny because Perry wants to go for her MBA and she has so many ideas and projects in her mind. I said, you know, Perry, you can learn only so much from school, but you really, what you're learning and what you're doing, creating your own podcast and content and putting it on, I said, you can't learn that in school. You're, you're really teaching yourself and, and networking and, and that's how you're doing it. And she said, yes, but I want, I just want to have that degree behind me. Yeah. And I have that. So she has that. Also, which I, I understand when I was reading about you and I see about Perry, you, you do it for yourself more than for anybody else. And whether you need it or not, or whether you think it's going to get you where you want to be, you had it, you got it and you finished it because you wanted to have some kind of closure in it. And that's, that's great. A lot of people don't do that. And look, and I'll, t I'll tell you, you know, a few things there. One, yes. First and foremost, it is for yourself, right? It's to prove to yourself that you've accomplished something, right? I mean, for instance, in my, I'm in my living room right now. In my bedroom, it's hidden away in my bedroom. Very few people get to see it. I have my degrees, right? So when I wake up and I go to bed, I remember what I accomplished. And I, remembered how, I remember how hard it was to get into school, to get into Harvard College, to get into Harvard Business School. That was really hard, right? And in those moments, I had to believe that I could do it, right? Those were examples of times when I said I have to step out of line because the odds were against me. There was no reason to really believe I could get into Harvard, right? I had to believe it in my heart and say, you know what? I should be there. And so I put those degrees in my bedroom so that they're private, they're away, but they're for myself to remind me. At the same time, though, I mean, I think Perry getting an MBA is a great idea, both for yourself, Perry, but at the same time, we also have to understand that an MBA does mean something, just like a doctorate means something, just like an MD means something. You know, in this world, having that certification just means that people will now take you seriously. And it's not that we care what people think. It's that you're not going to go to a doctor unless the doctor went to medical school, right? 
You're not going to go to somebody to talk to them about business and trust what they're telling you about business unless you know they've been trained. So I do think it's a really important degree to get if that's what you want. So I think it works both ways. It gives yourself something deep down in a way that really doesn't matter for anybody else. And it also gives you a certification, a stamp of approval. But I think that's something to keep in mind when we're thinking about stepping out of line and you're thinking about that ceiling. It's all about your tolerance for fear, right? It's really scary to step out of line. I mean, I've experienced a lot of fear in the last few months, right? Because I'm creating my own business. That's really scary, right? There's no prescription. The world is my oyster, but it's a scary oyster, right? I mean, I'm going out there and I'm saying, all right, I'm gonna build my business. I know I can do it. I have investors, I'm finding the building, but that's scary. It's a lot easier to sit at your desk every day and have the boss come and give you a pile of work and say, do this work. Great. You'll do a great job and you'll go home and you'll live a nice life. And that's okay. It's okay if you want to do that. But if you envision something else, you have to have that tolerance for fear. And you have to realize that fear is just this construct, right? It's just a sign that there's a lot of energy behind what you're doing and a lot of uncertainty. And you have to be tolerant of that level of uncertainty because there is nothing certain about stepping out of line. But the reward at the end of that is so much better than staying in line. Wow. We were reading when you were younger. You didn't like your school uniform. What was it, at Ramaz? Yep. And you came in one day, Perry said that you created a, band, a double tie and you, you just, when you didn't like the way something was and you thought you could put some flair and, and change it around, you did it. What kid does that? Well, and, and, but that's the thing. I always felt that, okay, if I don't like something, I'm going to make it better. And I'm not going to wait for somebody else to make it better because nobody's going to make it better. I need to make it better. And so I hated wearing a regular tie to school and I started making my own ties. I made a bandana necktie. I took a bandana I'd never sewn in my life, had no idea what I was doing. And I turned it into a tie and I wore it to school the next day and I didn't get in trouble. People liked it. And everyone started saying, oh, can you get me one? Can you make me one? The problem was I literally did not know how to sew. If I took the tie off, you would see it was basically glued together. It was a mess. It looked great when it was on, but the minute you took it off, you could say, okay, he, has, he doesn't know how to sew. But it gave me the idea. I said, you know what? All those people at school want this tie. This could be a business. And then that gave me the inspiration to create a business. And that business then grew. And I sold the ties in New York. I sold the ties in Japan. I sold them at Bergdorf Goodman. I sold them all over the place. And I built a business out of that. But that, that, that the kernel of that business was stepping out of line and saying, I don't like neckties. I'm going to make my own rebellious neckties. And that turned into a business. Wow. So we have to address this. We have to address your muscles. <laughs> I've watched you on TV a lot. I've seen you go into an ice bath. I see the way you work out, you're posting. So where did this come from? That you just can't be, you have to be Superman. You can't just be like anybody else. You have to be the best at, at everything. Um, where did you get this love of, of working out and, and building up your body and making, is it the same thing, making the most out of what you're 
given the same concept you just apply it physically to your body well it's making the most of first of all thank you um the it, it really is about making the most of what you're given but there's nothing wrong with not being muscular by the way not everybody wants to be muscular it's about being it's about creating your vision for yourself with what you're given. If I want to be six foot five, I can't be six foot five. I am five foot eight and a half, and I will not be six foot five no matter how much I stretch, right? And so it's understanding we all have limitations in life. Some limitations are more challenging on a daily basis than other limitations, but it's understanding, okay, I was given this. This is what I was, I was born with this. I was born with this height. I was born with this challenge. I was born, all right. Fine. Let me assess what I have. What are the tools in my toolbox? What are the limitations? Now, how can I make the most of that to really realize my vision for myself within, within those limits? Those are the only limits that I have. Those are the only limits that I am willing to acknowledge is I am five foot eight and a half, right? That's my limit. I am five foot eight and a half. My hair is whatever color it is. Those things are what they are. But within that construct, I'm going to realize my own vision for myself. And my vision for myself was I'm going to look like this. And not just I'm going to look like this, I'm going to feel strong like this. And more importantly, when I work out, it trains me for the rest of the day. So it's not about, and I'm sure, I wonder if you feel this way, Perry, when you're doing the marathons or you're training for a marathon. It's when you get through a workout, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to acknowledge something. I never feel like going to the gym ever, ever. I will not lie to you because some people say, oh, I can't wait to get to the gym and wait for it all. No, I never want to go to the gym, but once I get through the workout, and if I feel like I really gave it my all, like last night I did a two-hour workout, I felt like, you know what? I gave it everything I had. I felt great. I felt empowered. I felt motivated to go to a really important business meeting that I had this morning, right? I had a life-changing business meeting this morning, and I was fueled to go to that meeting by my amazing two-hour workout last night. And so what I found was that the trickle-down effect of a great workout and of pushing yourself and challenging yourself and pushing through the pain and the discomfort and forcing myself over and over and over again to train me to say, okay, I don't care that you don't want to do that, but you want that end result, you better push through and do it. And that's an important thing for anybody who wants to step out of line because there will be so many challenges. As if you train yourself to push through those challenges and the gym is one way to do it, it, it really seeps into every aspect of your life. You're very driven with everything, every facet of your life. You're a very driven, focused person. I would say, look, you know, my father certainly um, has inspired me in how much he has done to realize his own goals, you know, he is a doctor and it took him a, you know, he had to really work hard to get there. That was not an easy path, right? It's not an easy path for anybody to go to medical school, to do their residency, to do their fellowship, to build a practice, right? It's one of the most challenging careers somebody could ever want. And I was born when my father was in medical school, right? And so 
once I was old enough to remember things, he was a resident, right? So I remember seeing a lot of his trajectory and it was definitely inspiring to see him being driven by this mission, right? To build what is now a very successful career. And he did it all while remaining empathetic, while remaining a kind person, right? And that I think is so important. He could be super successful, but he's also a good human being. And that to me was always inspiring. Um, and, and, you know, I grew up around that. Um, he always encouraged me to pursue whatever dreams I had. I remember, you know, when I was younger, I would have a question, let's say, if I went into an art gallery, I went into a store, I wanted to ask a question of the manager over there. And I might have been seven years old, eight years old. And I remember distinctly, we were in an art gallery is where it was. And I said, you know, I want to ask him how much that painting is. Can you ask him for me? And he said, no, that's your question. You ask it. And that is a game changer. When you tell a kid, I don't care that you're a kid. That's your question. You ask your own question. That starts to train that kid to be empowered and to believe that their voice matters. And that certainly helped give me the strength to step out of line. Because wow. kids are supposed to stay in line. Right. No, no. Well, yeah, she was very interested. Did you grow up in New York City? Because you did mention that you went to galleries and you loved looking and you're very into fashion. New York City, obviously, the best place for that. Yeah, I grew up on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Um, and that was a game changer. Where do you guys live? We're in Long Island. Okay, what part? Nassau County, West Hempstead. Okay. Um, did you guys spend a lot of time? Did Parrot Perry, did you spend a lot of time in the city growing up? No. We go to doctors in the city. Okay. Right. Um, but not, not really. Um, and she hasn't had the opportunity. She went to one Broadway show. She hasn't really had the opportunity to do something like that just because physically it's very daunting to go into the city. And New York City really is not as accessible as you think it is. Um, is it so it's challenging what does it take if you want to go to a department store what what would that take you mean on long island or in the south? no no in new york let's say you wanted to go to bergdorf goodman let's say you want to go to Saks fifth avenue what would it take so we would have to go by you know our van go into the city and park and then schlep in there and you know it's it's a it's a very yeah. it's a big deal they have a lot of people falling in your lap we've had people fall on her lap when we're in the street and Fall in your lap. We were yeah. we were coming home from um, probably one of our friends. We might have been to the American Girl place, and we were we were going back to catch our ride back. And a woman in the street fell on top of Perry in her lap, and I was like this. Yeah. And I said, "Excuse me, get off my kid." And Perry's like, "Wait, what?" Right. We laugh a lot when these things happen because a lot of times when somebody approaches somebody in a wheelchair, they don't know how to react. Either they're going to treat them like they're a normal person just in a wheelchair, or they're going to be stunned and frozen and not know what to do. This was one of those moments where yeah. she got stunned and frozen. Oh my. She couldn't move and she was like on Perry's lap and Perry and I are screaming, but laughing, screaming, like, what is going on? Were you on? okay in the, was Perry, were you okay, Perry? Right, she said, get off of me. Yeah, get off. That's what I would tell her. Get off. What are you doing on my lap? 
I mean, look, I would say, what's that? It's crazy. Crazy things happen. Right. That was before COVID. Now forget. Yeah. Let me ask you, is, do you love Broadway shows? I mean, I went to one. You went to one, but did you like, did you enjoy it? What show was it? Do you remember? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. It was okay. Did you like it or not really? Okay. I mean, I've never had a parent. Now. Right. She didn't have any parent too. Um, right. A lot of times, kids with disabilities don't get to do these kind of things. So she went to a high school that was specifically for kids with disabilities, and they had people come to her school and put on shows or put on this and that. You know, they had not Broadway stars, but they had that kind of thing going on. We we interviewed Ali Stroker. I don't know if you know who she is. She is um, a Broadway actress. She's a singer. And in a wheelchair. In a wheelchair. Yeah. She got a Tony Award. The interview, yeah. Look she has her. a new book. Yeah. Right. She has a new book. Adore her. And she went to NYU and she was taking a dance class. And this is in our interview. And they, the teacher said, you know, I don't think you're going to dance. I don't think it's a good idea that you dance. You could just sit there and watch. And she's like, okay, well, what if I dance during like the, like the end of the class, like during like the intermission session or whatever, I'll do like an exercise. And he's like, okay. And instead of saying, why can't I do this? Like I would automatically say, why can't my daughter do this? Let her do it. She said, took a baby step forward until she had the teacher wrapped around her finger because he knew that she was capable of doing something. And that's one way to approach it. Um, and she spoke to us a lot about taking um, what's difficult in your life and making it possible. So yeah. in, in an instance where you have a situation where you want to you know, understand culture and go to the city and do these kinds of things, when it's not possible, it could be done virtually in different ways. Um, and that's something that is um, perhaps my neglect that we haven't been able to take advantage of living in, you know, in New York, near New York City, but it's just exhausting and impossible a lot of times yeah. to do something. Well, first of all, you take that back right away. There's nothing that's your fault. I, I know how hard you work to put together this podcast with Perry to, to, to make Perry's dreams as possible as, as, as they are. And it's, and Perry, would you agree with me that your mom does a pretty good job? I'm pretty incredible. Like you, people really so you need to stop. I'm going to just, I just met you, but I don't, I really don't want to hear you ever blaming yourself for anything because you are doing more than is, could even be dreamed of as being possible. And what I want to say is, look, I understand how challenging it is. Actually, I don't understand because I've never gone through it, but I, I could try to think about how challenging it would be to come into the city to the extent that I can ever be helpful. Let's say you wanted to go to a show. Let's say you wanted to go to one of the big venues. And I, if I could be helpful at all, I will call everybody I know to make it easy for you. Okay? Let me just say that. And I don't know what challenges specifically are involved, but to the extent that I will call in every favor I can, right? To have somebody, if you want to go to a Broadway show and... I think that being there in person is really important. Once theaters open again, if you want to do Broadway, if you want to go to a concert, if you want to go to Madison Square Garden, whatever it is, I really think you being there in person is so important. And I think it will just feel different for you. And it would 
it gets me, you know, I'm so angry to hear that anything in New York wouldn't be accessible to you. And I understand that it's not. And I know that there's a lot that can be done if you call and call everybody you know. And I'm willing to do that. So I'm going to invite you to something. Um, February 6, 2022, we're going to be um, in Miami doing the Miami Marathon. If we do a half marathon, so don't panic. I usually push Perry in a, in her, like a jogging wheelchair till about mile 12. And then um, I don't know what she's going to do this year because she's really starting from nothing and she has to build herself up again. But she usually gets out and gets in her walker and crosses over the finish line. And we have a group of like 20, 25 people who come with us. And I think you would be, being that you're in amazing shape, I don't know if you run, you could even just walk the last bit with us. I think it would be great if you came to Miami with Team Lifeline and spend the weekend with us and help um, help get Perry over the finish line. I think that would be amazing. You could be part of it. I, Thank I, you. Thank you so much. That, that's an amazing invitation. Thank you. Let's, if, if I can be there, I'll be there. So let's. And, let, uh, and Perry always needs something exciting for her to get over the finish line. And you being there would be incredible. Wow. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that invitation. That's amazing. Let's stay in touch. And if I can be there, I'll be there. And again, seriously, let me know. I, it, you know, growing up in New York, New York means so much to me and it changed my life growing up in New York. You're asking about growing up here. I think, you know, it made me who I am in many ways. And so I would love for you to benefit from New York in any way that you want to benefit from New York. And so seriously, you know, there's a way, there's a way we can make it happen. So we'll keep the conversation going. It's crazy the way the world has changed so dramatically over the past nine, 10, 11 months. It's hard to imagine the life being sucked out of New York the way it was. And it's very sad. And we, you know, we can't wait for Broadway to be reopened and for movie theaters to be open. I can't imagine a world without, you know, the enjoyment that New Yorkers always have, bars and restaurants. So we really look forward to getting vaccinated and getting out there because it's been, it sucks. It's unbelievable. It is, but New York is New York. And I'm not leaving New York. You know, after business school in May, I moved into my apartment here in the middle of the pandemic and I never considered living anywhere else, right? This is my home. And I want to buy a building here in New York City because I believe in New York. Nothing says I believe in New York more than buying a piece of real estate in New York. And New York will be back. New York will always be the center of the world. And... I know that to be true. Well, Clara, we loved speaking with you. Thank you. Same. And you are very inspiring, your story and your excitement about life in general. And it was just really, it was beautiful to talk to you. And thank you for reaching out to Perry and answering. And she really, really so happy. So thank you so much. We, We think you're beautiful and we can't wait to see you in person one day. Well, in Miami at the finish line. I love that. I love that. And I have to tell you, I feel that you're, I mean, you are both so beautiful to me and so inspiring to me. And as much as you might feel like this was rewarding for you, I promise it was 10 times more rewarding for me. You know, just hearing about your story and how you've pushed, you know, you continue to push through life, achieve, 
do amazingly at school, athletically, in every which way. And, you know, that inspires me. That inspires me to now do the best I can in my business. So this is absolutely a back and forth. And I'm just so grateful that you thought.